Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, another edition of Ask Me Anything based on the questions that were sent in last week. We're going to get stuck into three questions now. The first one comes from Richie. Mark says, Guru, as a Storm fan, we need a game-breaking forward. Who do you think we need? Great, great question. Uh, These two from Matt Diamond Pro. Thoughts on Miller on wing with Dominic Young gone next year in the vein of Toto, post-contact meters, tackle breaks, etc. Next question is from... uh, Cameron underscore Barto. He says, favorite rugby league try. Some of you that have listened for quite some time will know that one, but we'll get stuck into that. And the next last one is from Jace Lee underscore six. Who gave you the name Guru? So those are our four questions that we're going to get stuck into today. We'll kick off with the first one from Richie. Guru, as a Storm fan, we need a game breaking forward. Who do you think we need? Really good question, Richie. I think the Melbourne Storm, you are... Probably a forward short, and I said this uh, from the preseason when Brandon Smith left. I thought you guys would miss him quite a bit. Obviously, he's playing hooker up there at the Sydney Roosters. I've always said that I think he's a better middle forward than he is hooker, Um, and I think that Brandon Smith, well, I know that Brandon Smith obviously prefers himself as a nine. I think he would be a better 13 and just a better loose forward. I think that's when he played his best footy for the Melbourne Storm. Um, I've always said that the year he got Dally M, hooker of the year, he scored a lot of tries and he was sensational. And from five metres out, he's the most dangerous hooker to handle in rugby league. The other 95 metres of the field, though, I probably wouldn't have Brandon Smith in the top six or seven hookers, realistically. Um, I would have Sam Verrills for the other 95 metres ahead of Brandon Smith, to be honest with you. So it's a tough one. uh, But I do think the Melbourne Storm have really missed him through the middle. Not even, even just as a guy that comes off the bench. If you go back and watch the 2020 Grand Final. I've spoken about this a lot. And just watch the impact that Brandon Smith has. Every time Bellamy puts him on the field, uh, with every hit up he takes, he just turns the momentum. It's, it's one thing about Brandon Smith. I've always said he's the biggest momentum turner in rugby league. And I really do think the Melbourne Storm have missed not having him. I think Nelson Asafa-Solomona, obviously he is a fantastic forward. Probably needs someone to go with him. And to be honest with you, 
I agree. I think you need a game-breaking forward, but I kind of think you might already have him in the building, and I think Eli Katoa's got real potential to be that guy, uh, and I think Eli Katoa's been really good this year. He's obviously had a couple of injuries and whatnot, which haven't been ideal, but I think that Melbourne Storm fans just also need to keep in mind that at the end of the day, Eli Katoa, he arrived in the preseason. He hasn't spent a stack of time there. feels like he's been there a long time. He really hasn't. I think in year two, three, and onwards, that's where you'll start to see the real Craig Bellamy effect on Eli Katoa. So I personally personally think he is the sort of guy that uh, that the Melbourne Storm need to fire, and I think he could be that game-breaking forward. If you have him and Nelson Asafa-Solomona, then all your other positions, just very handy um, and just do their job. Your Josh Kings, your Christian Walsh, these sort of guys, I think they can be successful. I think it'd be huge if Jack Howarth was to kick on another edge play. You could have Jack Howarth on one edge, Eli Katoa on the other side. I think that would make a huge difference, even if you were able to bring Jack Howarth off the bench. I'm not quite sure what's going on with Jack Howard, to be completely honest with you, has obviously been playing up there in the Host Plus Cup uh, up there in Queensland uh, for, for the Falcons. And I, I probably haven't play, paid as close attention to him as what I would have liked. Uh, but he really hasn't even been on the radar for the Melbourne Storm so far, despite signing that big, big contract. But I know from watching him, he has got that raw ability and that raw X factor to really give it a shake if he can just put it all together. Uh, I'm not speaking with any facts or anything concrete behind me, but for a guy with his ability to sign a big contract and then to not be in first grade, you would almost have to assume it's ha- it has to do with something to do with attitude. That's normally what it is in rugby league. Not saying that's exactly Jack's situation. I know nothing about it, as I said, but reading between the lines, a kid born with his ability, his size, his skill set uh, to be on a big, big wicket, big deal with the Melbourne Storm and not be in first grade yet, despite all their injuries and everything that's gone wrong this year, it is a pretty bizarre little situation. So I do feel like he's the one that if he was to kick on and they were to get it right with Howarth, he could be a very big needle mover for the Melbourne Storm. Great question there from Richie. I think you have got the cattle within there at the moment to make it work, but you've got to keep them all on the field. And as we've seen with the Melbourne Storm, when you take one of Nass or Eli Katoa away, probably most importantly, Nass, you can really see a difference with that Melbourne Storm side. Uh, so yeah, there's a number of guys around in the league. A guy like Takiaho over in the Super League, I, I believe he is coming back. Sounds like he's going to be at the Canterbury Bulldogs, but geez, I really do think he'd be a fantastic signing for the Melbourne Storm as well. It just feels like they've got enough sort of vanilla sort of front rowers there and whatnot. They probably just need that one more explosive guy, that one more guy with a little bit of X factor. It could have been like a Paseca uh, from the Manly Seagulls. Not a superstar or like a rep player or anything like that, uh, but a very handy footballer. Terrell May from the Sydney Roosters. We saw his performance the other night. Very, very impressive. Those sort of guys could be the sort of fellas they could look to add to that pack. Great question, though, Richie. Next question from Matt Diamond Pro. Thoughts on Miller on the wing with Dominic Young gone next year in the vein of To'o, post-contact meters, tackle breaks, etc. I don't mind it, to be honest with you. I think that when they played Miller at fullback, he did really well, and the stats were really good as far as tackle breaks, line breaks, all that sort of stuff. His impact was fantastic. You could not question his effort in every single game. But for me, he was he just didn't quite understand the game, Lockie Miller. He was just a little bit rogue. And I think at times, I could see uh, your ball players like Braley, Jackson 
Hastings, even KP as well. Just getting a little bit frustrated at times by just how, um, what's the word, scat he sort of was. He was just all over the place. It was effective, but it's very hard to build a game plan around a fullback that is sort of just playing their own game, uh, which I think was a little bit of what Lockie Miller was doing. And at times it was effective and you, you know, you go back and have a look at the stats, the tackle breaks per games and all that, but you have a look at a lot of those tackle breaks. I think he was averaging like eight per game or something. And a lot of them are just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing and sort of messing up the flow of how the Newcastle Knights were trying to play. You see them now, they played a, they play a very structured game. It's all built around Jackson Hastings and him getting them to the spots on the field they need to be. And I think when Miller was at fullback, they really struggled with that. In saying that, Putting him on the wing, I like that. I think that his, you know, everything he does, it would be stay on your wing, hold your wing when you get your opportunity. Do what you do best, which is run. He is electrifying. He is hard to handle. I like the shout. My thing with him would be on his kick returns and whatnot. Uh, essentially, when, when you're playing rugby league, and the vast majority of you will understand this, and I sort of spoke about this last week when I was talking about the Penrith Panthers and the play where Jack Cogger went down the short side. When you're coming out of your own end, you always want to be heading to the middle. You want to give yourself the option to go both ways. And it's something I've spoken about with Kempi before when he was a winger. The plan was always get to the middle, get to the black dot, get to 50%. So then you can play either sides of the ruck. Even if there is the opportunity to make an extra 10 meters down the short side or down the sideline, it is not worth taking because then the defensive line just umbrellas you into that corner. You want to be going to the middle all the time. And that's the one thing that I question with Miller. If he's going to follow a game plan like that, I think his instincts kick in and he sees a half opportunity somewhere and he just goes nuts. But I think that if you get him to stick to the very basic game plan of you run and you run hard and you run to the middle when we're coming out of their own end. And when you're on your wing and you get an opportunity, you do you. Do whatever you want. I think he'd be a really, really nice play. But in attack, I'd be keeping him on his wing. Coming out of his own end, I'd be telling him he has to go to the middle. Find the middle all the time. Get your tackle breaks. Find your front. Quick play the balls. And I do think Lockie Miller could make a really successful transition out to the wing. So, good shout. Obviously, Dom Young not going to be there next year, which will test them. They have got guys like Tawala. They have got guys like Heimel Hunt. So, they've got plenty of options there. Lockie Miller is another one. They've also got a number of young juniors coming through. They had a very talented SG Bull side this year, and I'm pretty sure they've got a good um, Jersey Flag side this year as well, the Newcastle Knights. So always plenty of talent coming through there. They've got the boys arriving from England. I'm not quite sure what positions they'll play and whatnot, but they have got a lot of options in Newcastle Knights. I'm not sure if they've really signed anyone off the top of my head. I don't think they've signed any big names to come, big outside backs or anything, uh, but especially outside Dane Gagai, I think a guy like like Lockie Miller, it could be a really good landing spot for him. And maybe the spot he should have been all along. He can play Lockie Miller. He's just a little bit rogue, a little bit unorthodox. But you can sort of get away with that on the wing and it can be very hard to handle. And he can be on the end of set pieces, you know, doing his stuff there instead of being at the start of the pieces when he was at fullback and whatnot. So don't mind that shout. Great question from Matty Diamond. Our next one comes from Cameron Barter, favourite rugby league try. Uh, for me, pretty much two of my favourite tries ever come from the 1990 Kangaroo try. I've spoken about this a lot. There's one that Cliffy Lyon scores where it goes through about 15 sets of hand. I was, I was actually talking to Sowie about this the other day on the show. Andrew Eddinghausen, off the back of about 15 passes and 10 sets of hands, he goes down the right wing, kicks it back infield, and Cliffy Lyons catches it, which is just an unbelievable play. I think it's game one of the 1990 Kangaroo tour, the Ashes over there. Uh, game two had another cracker where Mal Meninga scores the match winner. 
Ricky Stewart throws an intercept uh, with a few minutes left on the clock. Australia is down. They're already down 1-0 in the series, obviously. Uh, so if they lose this, they lose the Ashes, which after the 82 and 86 sides would have just been unthinkable. Uh, and then Ricky Stewart throws the big dummy, goes through. Mal Meninga, he's, uh, he, he's, he's shouldering people, getting to the left-hand side of Ricky Stewart, the Canberra Raiders connection, and he pops him over there uh, for one of the biggest tries in rugby league history. So those two right up there for me. Um, I was obviously lucky enough to be there in 2015 to watch the try that Kyle Felt scored. So that was pretty fucking special to be there for that. That was incredible. I was also there to be to watch the James Tedesco try in 2019 of origin. Also a very, very special try. I was uh, very lucky to be there to witness that. I've seen, you know, I obviously remember as a kid watching the Billy Slater chip over the top. I was lucky enough to be there to see Brad Fittler score his charge down try as well. That was a pretty special moment. Um, so, yeah, as far as tries go, the 1991s really stand out for me. Those ones were very special to see and to watch. Pretty incredible stuff. I wasn't alive for them, but going back and watching them, uh, pretty unbelievable stuff. But, yeah, the Cole Felt one, as far as games I've seen live, Cole Felt in 2015, that was pretty special. Paddy Richards, 2005, the Benji Flick. I told this story before when Benji went through and when he came off his right and he was at a bit of an angle, it's like he was directly facing the corner post and we were directly facing that. So there was a moment where, because of the angle we were on and the way that he flicked the ball, there was a split moment that I'll never forget where I couldn't see the ball or Pat Richards. And then I just remember him emerging out the other side of Benji, uh, palming off Jensen, I think it was, and scoring. So pretty special moment. Another one for me is 2008 when Beaver scored the try. That was a pretty special moment to be there for. So uh, there, there is a lot of tries that I've been lucky enough to be there for live and a number of tries that obviously I've been able to watch back on tapes and whatnot that I just think are amazing. Um, so yeah, really good question there. But yeah, look, my my number one top choice would have to be those tries from the 1990 series. Uh, when I was a kid, I actually had uh, that series on a videotape and I used to watch it fucking constantly I'd love to know how many watches I had of that thing uh, it's probably one of my first like big loves in, in rugby league going back to that 1990 kangaroo tour and obviously understanding uh, the history of the game and whatnot I had like a, a great uncle who was actually working on that tour Tony Durkin who we've had on the podcast previously uh, so yeah some pretty Pretty cool stuff back in that tour. And, and some of the players that were there, you know, obviously, um, you know, your, your Alan Langers, your Laurie Dalys, Mal, Mal Meningas, your Ricky Stewart's. But then, you know, so, some of your younger guys are in that squad as well, like a very young Brad Fittler, uh, Johnny Cartwright, Mark Geyer, like some, some of the uh, some of the greats that featured in that squad. So, yeah, great question, Egg. Shout out to who asked me that question. Shout out to Cameron Barter. Great question, brother. Absolutely loved it. Next one. Jay Slee underscore six says, who gave you the name Guru? Uh, yeah, an interesting one, mate. I, actually, myself, um, to be completely honest with you, where Guru is now, I obviously never anticipated it to be like this when I first started it. Um, I've told the story before. I was doing a NFL fantasy comp uh, with a couple of mates. I had no fucking clue what I was doing outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers and probably Tom Brady, who turns out wasn't a very good pick that year. Um, so I went on to Twitter, and I, I didn't. I hardly ever used social media to be honest with you. I was very rarely on it. I do actually, I was researching where to get 
like good NFL fantasy tips. Uh, found a guy on Twitter. I didn't even have Twitter, so I had to make an account. Followed this dude, uh, and he was called the Fantasy Guru. And uh, a couple of months later, I decided to do the same thing for Supercoach. I actually was doing it for our draft comp, which I was obsessed with, uh, trying to catch a couple of my mates out, asking me questions and talking shit and whatnot. So that's legitimately uh, how it started, and it's uh, turned into a career. So been pretty wild. But, yeah, the Guru name – Literally came from that. Um, I made it as a ploy to G a couple of mates up, and then it's uh, yeah, it's sort of become a huge part of my life now. So it is pretty cool how it's played out, and you hear a lot of names and businesses and whatnot. Like I talked to Kempi about what bloke in a bar was, you know, and there was months upon months of work that went into that name and what it would look like and how he would approach it, how he would build it. Whereas Guru, it was sort of built very organically, just sort of taking the piss out of mates and now join ourselves, which is a big part of what Guru is at the end of the day. So probably something I don't reflect on enough. But yeah, not like someone gave me the name Guru or anything like that, uh, which I think people at times would probably go, fuck, what, what a wanker calls himself the Guru. And <laughs> I completely understand uh, why people think that before they get to know me, before they get to know my content and whatnot. think that I think that I just know it all. But uh, I think you guys that listen to my content understand that I'm not like that. Use the guys that have met me out, uh, whether it be at the Grand final show on the country tours wherever it might be it's just out having beers or whatever um magic round whatever it might be know that uh yeah i'm the complete and utter opposite of that realistically so i think over the last year or so it's been good to be able to show that a little bit more on bloke and via hello sport and whatnot uh that i'm just a dribbler like all you guys that just loves footy um that all this has managed to develop into something bigger than what i ever could have imagined uh, i've had people ask me before would you change the name guru if you can and you know what? Sometimes I don't like the aspect, especially when I talk to you know players and everything that have that have achieved so much in our game and know so much about our game. They call me the guru. It makes me very uncomfortable. Or even when people introduce me as the guru, it makes me very very uncomfortable. Uh, but it is also I have to embrace that and be happy for it uh, that I'm in the position I am in. So. Sometimes I think I would have changed it, but then other times I just think, fuck, would it be what it is today if it wasn't the guru? I'm not too sure. So, yeah, really interesting one there. I gave myself the name. Would I change it? Probably not, to be honest with you. I'm really happy with how it's all played out and hopefully how it will continue to play out. Obviously, there's been gurus in rugby league before as well, which is the other thing. Obviously, Eric Gross Senior, this is what I said, like I've, I've, I've... you know, studied the game for years and understand it so well. But there was guy, you know, Eric Groth, who uh, some of you might remember the old Roosters, Parramatta winger and Sharky's winger, Eric Groth, who played a couple of years ago, played for the Kangaroos in New South Wales as well. His father, Eric Groth Sr., he was nicknamed the Guru. He was uh, the winger for the Parramatta Eels during the early 80s. One of the greatest wingers of all time, to be honest with you. When we talk about best wingers ever, he is criminally slipped on. He was the OG Guru. And then, of course, David Middleton came along, who, who, who when I was younger, he was the Guru. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure what David Middleton's up to nowadays. He does the Rugby League Annual every year, but he was an absolute genius, and he was someone that I absolutely loved as a kid. And he's, he's probably someone that I've um, subconsciously um, tried to build a little bit of my stuff around. So, yeah, Gurus, have always, the, the name has always been a thing in Rugby League, and, uh, yeah, exciting right now that um, I guess I, I, I can sort of hold that mantle at the moment and try and build something pretty special out of it. Um, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Whilst I've got the opportunity to, because the time will come uh, where the next generation or the next person to step up and sort of take my role, it will happen. It's the reality of um, it's, re- it's reality of sport, obviously, but it's just the reality of media and whatnot and all that sort of stuff. So absolutely loving it while it's last. We've got to work out how we build it out into the future. But yeah, it did I gave myself the name, started from very humble beginnings that I never thought uh, would end up being anything like what it is today, which really is insane, but wouldn't change it for the world. No doubt about that whatsoever. All right, guys, thank you for your questions. Uh, I put it out the other day, ask me anything. We've had some pretty wild ones. We've been up and down. It's been really good. Covered a vast array of topics. We'll try and do this every few weeks, especially heading into finals and whatnot. Uh, I think it's a really good form of content that I think you guys enjoy. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.